Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited about today's episode because this is like my favorite thing to talk about because damn, can you believe we're like right around the corner for the holidays? I don't know why it's so shocking this year. Maybe we had like a milder fall. I don't know, but I'm astounded that we're rounding the corner of Thanksgiving (laughs) here in the US. So today I want to talk about the 12 ways to help you thrive, not just survive the holidays with kids. Because people without kids, just whatever, have a good holiday. (laughs) So these are in no particular order, although I will say I think the first is probably the most important. (laughs) So let's just jump right in. Oh, I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat, which means I'm probably getting the seasonal cold. So forgive me if I have to clear my throat a lot or have a sip of water or, you know, just sound like, I'm not dying, just a cold. All right. So keep kids fed good food on their regular schedule. So I talked about this in a podcast. I think it was the Beating the Winter Blues. As we head into this holiday season, there's this really odd trend going on. And maybe it's just my feed on Instagram. (laughs) I do follow a lot of like parenting people, you know, that like somehow we have to make junk food part of a regular diet to have a good relationship with food. And I I disagree. But I also think that like, as we go into the holiday season, it's really important to stay like nutritious at home so that you can go to the party so that you can eat with abandon or whatever. You know, you don't have to worry about your kids' nutrition on Thanksgiving. If they want to sit and eat the rolls, just let them eat the rolls, right? (laughs) So if we start trying to like get nutritious food in on these big events where the kids are overstimulated, there's a lot of candy and stuff like that. If we try to get them to eat the nutrition, then it usually, you usually get a lot of kickback. So I think it's better to just like stay steady at home so that you can just celebrate at these events and these parties, but also really stick to their schedule because there's probably going to be a lot of out of schedule events. And so the more you can just kind of have the status quo at home and keep it real slow going at home, the better off you'll be. Which feeds in directly to number two, especially as we round on Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is just an eating holiday, right? There's no gifts, there's lower expectations than the December holidays, but it's an eating holiday. And so a lot of times, whether you're hosting or you're going to a relative's house, feed your child on their regular schedule. Do not make them wait for the official dinner. And this gets tricky because you might get some shit from your relatives like, oh, they're going to spoil their dinner. Thank you, mom. We're good. So you have to really go in a little boundary. Some people will get it. Some people won't. But you want to feed your kid when they are used to being fed. Because especially Thanksgiving always tends to be at some strange time, I don't know, like three or whatever. It's never when they eat, right? (laughs) And so we want them to eat on their schedule so they're not going into that like over-hungry, over-stimulated place. That's just a disaster. And again, if you feed them their food, maybe they won't have turkey, maybe whatever you packed for them or whatever, the turkey's not ready yet, right? But if they have that food, then they can sit at Thanksgiving dinner 
and have whatever they want. Maybe even they're not hungry at dinner and they can sit and color or just, you know, play with some Play-Doh or something like that, but they'll be settled and fed. We want to put everything in our kids' corner for them to be their best selves. And that means eating when they're used to eating. We can't really have a two or three-year-old, no, 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 you got to wait an hour. You know, and then typically what I see happen is parents will say, wait an hour, wait an hour. The child really can't. Then you end up giving them a little snack food, which is not great either. So do what you have to do. Last year, I released an episode with Stephanie Satello, my um, colleague and friend, And we had talked about like, she had actually taken her child out to the car because it was like so overstimulated. She was like, you just, you got to eat, you got to eat. And so I think it's just really important that we remember that, that they should stick on their schedule. Okay. Number three, this is a secret hack I discovered. Again, I've mentioned it before. I think it was just last week, but I'll mention it again. Bring pajamas to every event, even have an extra pair in your car (laughs) because it's so much easier to transfer. And it's just such a cue. Your kid puts on their PJs. They know that like bedtime's coming. It's easier to leave the party, leave the event. And so bring PJs because if they fall asleep in the car, you can just easily transfer them once you get home. When you go to these events, guys, and of course, everybody's holiday looks different. You know, when I was growing up, it was just super chaotic. I had a lot of cousins. We would get hot. We would get sweaty. You know, it was the 70s. There was a lot of benign neglect. So our parents were sitting in the other room in a shroud of cigarette smoke. (laughs) I can still picture my aunt with her. They used to keep their cigarettes in this like almost like chain link. It was this really weird um metal cigarette holder and they all had fake nails, like real, not fake nails, because they just grew their nails, long nails and like Virginia Slims or something. And I have a great picture. I think I'm in third grade and it's like my homemade birthday cake. It's all lopsided and there's an overflowing ashtray matches and at least three cigarettes in the frame. So yeah, excellent parenting back then. (laughs) But your holiday may not be that chaotic. But if it is, you definitely want to bring the PJ so that your child can really just go to sleep. It's not, you don't want to get home late and then be like, oh, we need to wash up. Oh, we need to put on PJs. All that's really disruptive. And it could get the child like cycled again on another rhythm. And this plays into their circadian rhythm, right? Which brings us to number four, leave on a high note. And it's so funny because I put this out in social media for Halloween and I said, you know, don't forget, just stop trick-or-treating on a high note. We used to do this skiing. When I learned how to ski, I don't know if it was an instructor or just common knowledge, you leave the mountain on a high note. You don't leave the mountain when you're exhausted because you're more likely to fall and have a really bad accident when you are tired and your form starts to go. So you leave when you've been the most successful. I am an archer. When I go to my bow lesson, we leave on a high note. When I get three perfect bullseyes, then it's like, okay, be done. Because when your form starts to go, right, you end up missing the mark. But then what happens is you leave feeling like you didn't do a good job, right? So you leave on a high note. Now with our kids and these events, when I put it out on social media about Halloween, there were so many people who contacted me and said, oh my God, that's great. I always take leaving, the signal that we should leave is when they start to melt down. And that is too late. Yes? So when things are going great, you want to leave on a high note. And that brings us to number five, 
You don't have to leave on a high note, right? But you do need to recognize that you are making a conscious choice. If you are having a great time, maybe you're on your second or third white claw, you haven't seen your cousins in a long time, maybe your child's just been introduced to all their cousins, maybe this is a big gathering, whatever it looks like for you, you don't always have to be the one to leave the party because the kids got to go to bed, right? You can stay. But the thing is, is you have to take responsibility that it might be a shit show tomorrow. And you also have to recognize that kids go through these cycles when they don't go to bed on time. And I talk about this endlessly in sleep episodes on this podcast. It is a rhythm. And what happens is the children get, you start to see them get tired and cranky. Let's say your kid goes to bed at 6.37. You're at Thanksgiving. It's 6.37. You can see your child getting heavy lidded. You can see the behavior starting to melt down. And you're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm having a really good time. I'm reconnecting with family. This is great. We're playing a game, whatever it looks like. And they're having fun. Awesome. What's going to happen is your child probably will maybe have a little behavior slide, maybe a little meltdown, but then they'll perk up. Yeah. And they'll get more energy and it'll be like, oh man, this is great. They look like angelic almost, right? They, they go back to this like awesome thing. They're having a great time and this cycle will repeat. So it's very tricky. And this is in general, when I talk about kids and lack of sleep, this is the thing I see people, their very first round of sleepiness, most parents miss, or it seems way too early to be realistic, like six o'clock and parents are like, I'm going to put my kid to bed at six. I did. My kid went to bed at 530 (laughs) until he was four, but they missed that first one. And then they're like, see, they're not tired. So once they get over that, that initial sleepy, you will see really great behavior. Then you will start to see wired, right? Like a a frenetic energy, like a dancing around. They're all getting a little jacked up and then you'll see another crash. And these will continue to cycle until the child goes to bed. So just understand that that's the cycle. So if you are having a great time, your child's having a great time, you want to stay, go for it, man. The reason why we have holidays is so we can have a feast and we can celebrate. That's awesome. But then really build in the next day, like, oh, this is going to be a mess. We're all going to be a mess. And again, totally okay. As long as you're, you know, I can't believe the parents I see, like they stay late on Thanksgiving night and then they're going to go see Santa the next day. And I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a shitty picture. <laughs> so don't, you know, try not to have like big expectations or they go to get their Christmas tree and they're like, you know, want the whole photo op at the farm. Your child's not going to be at their best. So just know that that's going to happen. Yeah. Let's move on to number six. Holiday gatherings are not the place to prove your parenting. And this is sort of a multifaceted suggestion. It's something I have noticed in myself. I have seen it in my friends, in my community, and I have seen it in clients. We are parenting drastically different in most cases than our parents parented. Never mind grandparents, never mind extended family. So we have these holidays and we start to grasp, not even grasp, choke our parenting style. And we have this thing. If you have a contentious not relationship, but like a lot of my clients, they have an okay relationship with their parents, but they have a like contention over parenting styles. Like, oh, you should just spank them. You, I spanked you guys and you were fine. You know, you kind of get these backhanded comments like that. And so it becomes like your child's dressed up. It's the holiday. You're like, okay, I'm going to be like the best parent. So you're on high alert. You're on high alert for shit talking, right? <laughs> 
you know, when you have to steal yourself. And of course, this may not be you, in which case, good for you. But you you feel like you have to prove it. And you're on your child, like white on rice. Say thank you. Say please. Don't do that. No, no, no. We don't have apple pie until we eat. No, no, no. You can't have more whipped cream. No, you have to eat something besides the rolls. These kinds of things. And if you've noticed, I've mentioned children eating the rolls. All kids only want to eat rolls on Thanksgiving. So if you don't know this already, you've been warned. (laughs) But we try to prove our parenting. And this isn't the place. Listen, if you're any family member, whether it's a sibling, distant relative, or your parents that are going to talk smack about your parenting, they're going to talk smack no matter what you do. So you might as well be laid back, let your kid get away with what they can get away with, and go easy on them. You relax. Because what happens is I find out holidays can be ruined because you're so on guard. You're so like, I got to do everything right. I got to prove I'm, I'm doing this well, that you don't even enjoy the holiday. And it doesn't matter because your mother's probably going to say something shitty anyway. And for all the people who have moms who are fantastic, great. I see about 50-50. I see great grandmas and I see grandmas who are like very passive aggressive. And sort of a follow-up to that, which is number seven, you should determine what hill are you going to die on? Again, relatives can be very well-meaning and they can be like, here, have some dessert. Here's some candy. Here's some this. Here's some that. I was talking to a friend and she was like, my mom just, her love language is breakfast and it's juice, just concentrated juice and baked goods. And she's like, I just, I don't love it. I don't want my kids to have that without a source of protein or something. And she realized too, that sometimes you have to let it go. And sometimes you make compromises. It could look like, hey mom, they're they can have that cinnamon bun, but we're not going to ju- juice. That's really actually a little too much sugar for them. Let's, you know, let's get a glass of milk or something, something like that. But if you kind of know your family and you know where people might cross your particular boundaries, whether it's food, behavior, whatever that looks like, just kind of in your head, go through them and say, what hills am I going to die on? Am I going to fight this? Am I going to fight my mother giving my kid apple pie before dinner? Or am I going to let that go? So just figure out the hills you're going to die on ahead of time so that you're not caught in the moment fighting everything. Because again, fighting everything will make the holiday miserable for you. And that's, I just want you to have a nice holiday. (laughs) I want you to relax this holiday season and have fun at the events. Number eight, invariably, you are going to have to reprimand or correct your child at an event. There will be maybe maniacal kid behavior. There will be a fight. Maybe there will be a tantrum, there's bound to be something. It's high energy. Again, children get very, very tired. It's very stimulating. And so invariably, you're going to have to correct your child's behavior in some way, shape, or form. Remember connection before correction at all times. So if something's happening, it's really best to try to get your child out of the room so that you can address things with just them. If that's not possible, and this goes for at the dinner table, whisper to them your correction or your reprimand. Do not say it out loud in a crowd. That's very embarrassing. Do not yell from the other room, unless it's like a fight club situation. <laughs> I'm thinking of all the various holidays, I've events I've been to, and there have been some kid fight club situations, you know, in which case there might, you might have to referee and be like, oh, everybody out of the room, you know, but you don't want to yell at your child. You don't want to reprimand them or correct them in front of other people. Again, it's very embarrassing and you probably will get kickback. As we've talked about a lot, when a child feels embarrassed, that's shame. They're feeling shame in front of a lot of people. Shame is the ugliest emotion we feel as humans. 
we will do anything to avoid it. People become addicts to avoid the shame they feel. That's how severe shame feels in our bodies. And so your little one will react strongly if they feel shame. And so we want to mitigate that by just whispering like, hey, stop kicking. You don't have to do that. Leave that person alone, whatever. Put your fork down, get your roll out of the water, whatever you want to say to them should be said in a whisper. All right, moving on. Number nine, slow way down the whole season. Yes. You have to fight the nonstop go of the season. I like to fight everything about the season. I like to fight the consumerism. I like to fight the mad dash that doesn't necessarily always feel joyful. I've talked about that before. Like one of the things I gave up was Christmas cards. Once I realized that for a large amount of people, Christmas cards almost became obsolete with like Facebook and social media because everybody could keep up, you know, everybody saw the latest picture. But for me, it was just bringing me, I was doing it with resent and I might actually do them. I'm off Facebook now, so I might actually do them again this year. Things feel a little settled and I feel like, oh, maybe I do want to do Christmas cards, but find the things that you can cut out. And if you're doing some of these things with resent, try to revisit them. Yeah. One of the things, again, I talked about this last year, we just went down to very small decorations, lots of twinkle lights. We separated out our Christmas tree decorations to like 10 that we really loved. We got just a nice one strand of beautiful white twinkle lights for the tree. LED, they work. They don't get tangled. (laughs) So it just, it minimized, we minimized the decorations. We did a lot of feathers and garlands and it was all kind of natural naturey, and that felt really right. But number one, you have to fight. It's going to be shoved down your throat. I've already heard Mariah Carey singing at three different markets and that was a week ago. So you kind of have to fight the holiday, go, go, go. And if you find, I think a good place to start is if you find yourself being resentful or grouchy, like, I can't believe I have to decorate this house again. Maybe you have too many decorations. Maybe this year you just don't do as many decorations. You know, maybe you cut back, maybe you decide to do Secret Santa with your family. So you're not stressed out buying gifts for extended family or cousins and stuff like that. So maybe you do like a Secret Santa. And it doesn't matter. I'm speaking a lot of Christmas and Christmas trees. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or celebrate any of the, I think there's 24 holidays in December, according to different faiths and cultures. It's still a very busy season. And so figuring out slow down can be really miraculous. And it's, you know, I keep talking about food. I say with kids like, dude, you don't have to worry about carbohydrates. You have to worry about protein and fat because the carbohydrates are going to fill in the blank. Like you don't have to worry about not being scheduled for the holidays. You got to create space. (laughs) Okay. Which brings us to number 10 and 11. I'll do 11 first, actually, because that sounds better. You want to plan slow recovery days in between events. So just like I had just talked about with Thanksgiving, if you're going to go all out on Thanksgiving, stay up late, eat too much, have too much wine, whatever it is, whatever indulgence you're having on Thanksgiving, awesome. Go for it. Do not plan a Santa. Do not plan getting your Christmas tree. Do not plan getting up with your child to do some Black Friday shopping, which I can't imagine anybody listening would do so. I don't know. I think you guys have more, I don't want to say like common sense, but like that just sounds like a nightmare to me, but maybe that's just me. Don't plan anything though when you have these big days. So even if it's the school pageant, if it's the, you know, Christmas caroling, recognize that all of these things are very stimulating. No matter 
even if it's like a live nativity or the reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas at the library, like they don't necessarily have to be chaotic to be stimulating. And these are big effing deals for a two or three year old. Never mind even the, the middle kids, the, the six, seven, eights, right? So just recognize this whole season is very, very titillating, very stimulating. And so plan recovery days. One of the things I discovered when we started homeschooling is just legit. We need recovery days. Like if we do something big, we need a day off in between. And Pascal and I are actually both pretty introverted. I know I appear like I'm extroverted, but I'm not. So maybe that's just us needing more recovery time. But gosh, I watch some parents and it's something every night. And I'm like, holy shit, I would die. So just plan some recovery days according to you and according to your kids. So you may be a party animal, but your kid may not be. And your kid may be a party animal and you may not be, but you're in charge. (laughs) So plan slow recovery days in between events. And then we'll hop back to number 10. Starting now, this will be released on the 17th, which means we'll be a week out from Thanksgiving. Get your child's schedule, whether they're in daycare, preschool, elementary, if you have older kids, whatever, get everybody's schedule. Make sure you know when the plays, the concerts, the pageants, the dress up day, make sure you know what is coming. Cause I know this can kick us like kind of behind our heads sometimes. We don't pay attention to like, all the other things. So we think, oh, we're going to go see Santa at the mall on Monday night. And then you have your Christmas pageant on Tuesday. And then we're doing this on Wednesday. And then we're going caroling on Thursday. And that's a lot. You know what I mean? So you want to plan out the things that you might have forgotten about so that you can really look at your schedule and build in again, those recovery days, build in some slow days in between there. And then my last one, which might be a sensitive topic. Don't force photo ops. This is a time for family photos. This is a time for, again, pictures with Santa, pictures with whatever, family photos. And this is the time where most kids melt down over the photo op. So don't force it. You know, you might end up just with a grumpy face. Maybe that's okay by you. But if your child's about to melt down, it's okay to not force the photo op. There's a lot of documentation of our kids and it's pretty interesting. Like they resist it now, right? It's like, smile, smile, everybody get up. So you just don't have to force them. If you want to, you can. If you want to do any of these things opposite of what I said, absolutely. These aren't law. These are things that I have found in my own life. And like I said, in my friends, community and client work that really help you thrive during the holidays. If you have other ideas, I'd love to hear them. And again, if any of these didn't resonate, rock on, have your own holiday. I think the biggest thing we have to always be aware of is that everything is a choice, including, I didn't put this on the list, but also maybe I'll make this number 13 off the cuff is you can also say no. Like if you're going into a toxic fucking environment and you hate, you know, you have a horrible relationship with your parents, you got to show, like, you are not obligated to do anything. You're a grown up and you can choose otherwise. Yeah. So I think that is, oh golly, I just thought of another one. I'm going to have to reamend this list. All right. Secret 14, number 14. If you're visiting, if you're going to somebody's house and traveling, is it wise for you to stay at their house? If you're traveling to your mother's, is it wise to stay at your mother's house? Something to think about. <laughs> anyway, it's not a thing for everybody, but I find that people, go into 
snake pits of toxic family out of obligation, or they say, oh, we want to go for Christmas, but we can't really, you know, like afford a hotel. So we're going to stay with my mother who's awful. That's a sketchy scenario in my mind. Like maybe don't go, maybe consider not going. So anyway, consider that. I won't belabor the point. You know, if you've got the toxic family, but it's oftentimes we do things out of obligation and for our sanity, we can say no. And I, last year I chose to say no. I went to Nashville and visited my cousins for Christmas and there was some toxicity in my family that I just, I didn't even want to deal with. I was like, no. And maybe I deal with it if the other person wanted to deal, but the other person doesn't want to deal. So on that note, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I hope this season just brings you a lot of joy. I'm going to continually be saying slow down. I am always examining my own consumerism. I have been very vocal about this in the past. We were extremely poor for a good portion of my life. Well, for about six years, but I was going into my teen years. So it was, it sticks out in my memory is what I should say. We were very, very, very poor. And I can feel prior to like, I'd say, I don't know, the last probably three or four Christmases, I would be very, very intentional about gifts. Very intentional. Start shopping for Pascal well ahead of time. The toys had to you know, meet certain criteria. I was pretty strict. And always, every single year, about two weeks before Christmas, or maybe even a week before Christmas, I would go out and spend foolish money on foolish things. And I recognized it as a childhood wound of not having a lot, being very, very poor at Christmas time and not getting, you know, having very scant things under the tree. Like for me, I wanted a lot under the tree for Pascal. Like I just wanted it overflowing. And so I would go out and, like I said, spend foolish money on foolish things, things that he didn't like, things that got passed on the very next day. I just like did a kind of a compulsive crazy shop because like, oh my God, he doesn't have enough stuff. And I had done that for a good portion of his life before I was like, what is going on with you? Like, this isn't how you spend money. This isn't how you parent. And then I was like, oh gosh, I still have a very clear memory of not a lot under the tree and how that felt. So yeah, so I think it's a good time to like notice behavior that you might have. Notice family relations. Like we get stuck with a lot of family. I even jokingly say with my family around this time, it's like, geez, I don't see it for like eight months. And then we see each other twice a week for like a 10 week period here with the holidays. So, you know, notice, listen to your body, listen to your vagus nerve, listen to what is happening. And that will guide you. You know, if something's really toxic, get out, man, protect yourself, protect your kids. And, you know, on the flip side, I'm a big obligation person too. If it's not that bothersome, you don't necessarily have to say no, you know, we're constantly like looking for that balance, right? Like, yeah, I can, I can tolerate my family. It's okay. And I think more than anything, though, the slow down, because I just see so many parents going crazy, trying to do everything. Like, you're already tired, moms. Like, we're all exhausted. So let's, like, remember what the season's about, right? And there's warmth. If you're religious, there's your faith aspect. But I also, just seasonally, it's darker. It's a time of rest. If we look at agriculture, it would be a time where the harvest already happened. Everything's dead. We can just cozy up. There's more fire, you know? So... I like to really lean into that and that just sort of guides the spirit of the season for me. So, all right, enough waxing nostalgic here. (laughs) I appreciate you guys as always. Rock on and have an awesome day. Okay, bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have 
Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.